everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. We want to thank the Dwell app for supporting Made for This. To get started with Dwell, go to dwellapp.io slash madeforthis to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for Life. 33% off means you save $50, so make sure to visit dwellapp.io slash madeforthis and commit to scripture for the rest of this year or for life. And now, here's Jenny. I'm excited about this book. Let's talk about it. So this is what I know is it's beautiful. You know how good this is for me, the subject, because I've wrestled with a season of doubt and I just want to hear, let's start right here with where this came from for you. Why was this the message that you had to tell? Okay. So, you know, it has been, and Jenny, I bet you're like stunned. It's been like a, a really interesting last five years. And um, about five years ago, so 2016, I had celebrated my 50th birthday party. I was having a ball. Everything was awesome. I got home that night and had 26 missed calls from my brother, Andrew, in Australia to say that my mum had passed away that night. And so that was like what where I say kind of the beginning of this. Then over, you know, the next few months, um, I had a lot of deaths, as in my sister-in-law, my age, my one of my husband's sisters, um, one of my husband's brother-in-laws. And so that that has got its own issues. When you're living on one side of the world, this is all happening on the other side of the world. And then, of course, for me, it's really tied in, you know, when I was left in a hospital, not knowing my biological mum, then my birth mum. So it triggered, no doubt, some of that stuff that was going on. On top of that, um, you might remember, I don't know, you might have amnesia, but the end of 2016 coming into 2017 was a really volatile time just on the planet and things were <laughs> shifting. Um, there was political changes and moral changes and relational change. The whole world was like going cray cray. And if you are any kind of public figure of which you would have no idea what I'm talking about right now, <laughs> there is always a group of people that think uh, you're not saying enough about something or you're saying <laughs> much about something else or why, you know, so it was like you were yeah. in that period of time while I'm trying to internalise all of this grief and work at, and lead a global organisation, it was a matter of waking up going, who are you going to disappoint today? Because it's just they're, they're being pulled in all of those directions trying to navigate leadership with wisdom. And then for me, I think the what, what came to me from my own perception as a kick in the guts was a, a really personal betrayal from a friend. All of those things, there was this one night, it was just one thing after another. I came home, Nick was watching this Netflix series on Hell Week for the Navy SEALs. That's how my husband relaxes, right? And so <laughs> as he's, I know, it's like weird. 
But I, I didn't even know really what Hell Week was, but the whole goal is that they try to break you down, you know, emotionally and physically and all of that stuff. And I've always kind of said, you know, like we're the Navy SEALs, man. We're on the front lines. We're rescuing people. You know, we're going to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. Like that's I've always been that and I am that. that that's really how the Lord's widened me up. But there was this one scene they dropped the guys out of the helicopter into the ocean and um, I started crying to which Nick's like, what is going on? And I said, you know, I think this is how I feel. I feel like, spiritually speaking, I've been like dropped into this freezing cold ocean. You've got to swim miles to the shore and there's a mission for you when you get to the shore. And I said, and the fact is, I know I can do it. I know I can. I know I'm strong enough. I've got the match fitness. Um, I've got the tenacity. But for the first time in my life, and I was bawling, Jenny. I said, for the first time in my life, I don't know if I want to. And when those words came out of my mouth, like I could not believe it because I've had loads yeah, yeah. of times I've thought, I don't know if I can, you know, am I, am I, am I, could I do this? Do I have the capacity to do this? Do I have the resources to do this? Do I have the knowledge? I've had plenty of those things in my life, but I've never, not in 33 years of following Jesus, had, I don't know if I want to, like I don't know mm. if I want to. And um, and this is the other thought that I had that I said out loud to Nick. I said, and um here's the deal. I've got so much momentum from 30 years of doing this thing. It's going to be a really long time before anyone, if anyone actually even notices, because, you know, there's, there's a whole lot. Of, and I go, there's so little discernment in the body that, you know, everyone, I, I could just turn up every now and again, do something. And it's like, here I am. And as I was bawling, um, I looked up at him and I went, but Jesus would know. Jesus would know that I took my foot off the gas and that I only was either going at half pace or no pace or whatever. You know, at that time it was like, should I just go buy a taverna in Santorini and serve people baklava and tell them about Jesus one-on-one and, you know, kind of shut down all social media and just go, I'm just, I'm in this for Jesus. So for me, it was never an issue of like, am I going to walk away from Jesus or or the faith or or go even and do anything, you know, crazy. It was my form of drift was if I took my foot off the gas and it would just be a little bit less pressure, a little bit less um, exposure, I could guard my heart relationally a lot more. Um, I wouldn't have to continue to be out there building bridges between, you know, denominations and trying to expand the gospel. It was this moment. And, and I said to him, hence the book title, I said to him, how did I get here? Like it was that thing, like how did I full of passion, full of zeal, let's go charge hell with a water pistol. You know, that's kind of my modus operandi. How did I get to this place where I literally very seriously for a significant amount of time thought I might just take my foot off the gas and dare to cross that finish line and look at Jesus and he'd still be so gracious to me, but I know that I wouldn't have done everything he put me on this earth to do. It then sent me on this Search and it was really that's where the book of Hebrews of okay in a time of where the you know Jewish Christians were being so persecuted um, it, it was they were going through so many challenges and the writer to the Hebrews right there in um, Hebrews two says let us also pay extra attention lest we drift from so mm-hmm. great a salvation and I was thinking about that because at the same time there was a lot of things happening very publicly, people deconstructing their faith, people walking away from their faith, um, people walking away from church, people walking away from even Jesus himself and and the scriptures. And and, and I thought, okay, I'm not there, but I'm certainly getting a glimpse of what it feels like to be destabilised 
and have drifted from a sense of being in the heartbeat of the mission of God and choosing to live our life on this earth for the glory of God, being like Paul saying, you know, I have run my race, I have finished my course, you know, um, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, I press on. And I thought, oh, my gosh, am I pressing on? Like I might be in my 50s now and going, what does it look like to press on and not drift when you're in your 50s? What does it look like when you're drifting in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s? Because no one, whether you're a Christian leader or you're very new to the faith, you're a second-generation Christian or a first-generation Christian, nobody is exempt from the possibility of drifting because all you have to do to drift is nothing. That's mm. it. You don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like that was my, and I thought I am having a form of my own drift, whether it's mission drift, purpose drift, and I have to arrest this. If I do nothing and just go with how I'm feeling right now, I will drift. It's, you know, my dad used to take us to the beach in Australia, this Umina beach, and we're Greek, you know. So he'd have these big bright Greek umbrellas with these big bright beach towels and he'd shove an umbrella up one end of the beach and then a beach towel, a whole bunch of beach towels near the other side and he'd say to us, when you go out, this particular beach we went to at Yumina Beach just had a strong riptide, a strong undertow and he'd say, when you get out there, you're going to be playing and swimming and you're not going to be thinking. So what you need to do is check your markers Check for the beach towel, check for the umbrella regularly, like really often, because if you don't check your markers, you're going to drift. It's just inevitably because the currents are shifting. And I'm thinking of it in light of our whole world. And then I think in particular, even the last 18 months, I think the Lord was preparing me 2016, 2017 for what was going to happen Mm. in 2020, that the currents changed so rapidly in every sphere of life, politically, economically, socially, morally, environmentally. There's not a sphere of life that hasn't been impacted. Um, And the currents have shifted. And if we're not checking our markers, we're going to drift, whether you are a good Christian that goes to church Mm. and has a quiet time every day, or if you have been just so disappointed and discouraged and disillusioned that you're drifting. So that is the backstory to where this came from. Mm. It is my favourite book because... A couple reasons that you've written because one, it came <laughs> with a message that I need even today. I mean, I have tears, you know, welling up in me as you're talking because I'm tired because we're we're still looking to take a few more hills right now, and I'm looking behind me and going, "Wait, I just climbed a mountain. I just got off Everest. You want me to go take another hill?" You know, and I'm I'm just I'm feeling that sense of of fatigue and and what does it look like to finish well? These are things God has put in front of me, not just to-do list, right? These are the next things I'm supposed to do. I'll get to rest, but right now I've got to keep pushing. And then I also got to walk behind the scenes. I mean, we had a bunch of calls in 2016, 2017, 2018, and and I saw you struggling, Chris. And yet, even when we talked as my big sister, you still were firing me up. And so you knew the truth. Even in the midst of that season, you knew what was right. You You kept looking back for the marker. Talk about that moment, like where you, you know, where you said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight back and I'm not going to let this just drift. I'm going to fight back against it. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, you do that. Um, some days are better than others. And, you know, the scripture says those that sow in tears will reap in joy. There are just some seasons. And I would say that was my 2016, 2017, 2018 
that it was predominantly behind the scenes, and of course you and people close to me were more aware of what was going on, that that it was sowing in tears. It was like just yeah. one foot in front of the other. And if I didn't have those markers, and this, I think this is what it really comes down to, um, there's no magic pill. And so th- this book is not, this book is a book on endurance at the end of the day, whether you're at the start of your race, in the middle of your race, or to me where the finish line is closer than the starting line. That's like, and I'm there because I'm 55 this year. I pray to God, I've got a lot of life left ahead of me, but nevertheless, however much life I've got ahead of me, I've got less than I've got behind me. And so that finish line is really important and crossing that finish line and enduring to the end, oh, under the writer to the Hebrews, I mean, Hebrews is all the way throughout this book because it's like, you will have need of endurance and you go, yes, we will. Now, more people I think are ready for this message now after what we just went through in 2020, but those markers and I thought, what? and I, you know, I, I list nine things because I think after 33 years of following Jesus, after by the grace of God having probably had more opportunity and achieved more than I could have ever imagined in my lifetime when I said yes to Jesus over 30 years ago, what are the things that are actually the markers that we need to be checking? No matter where we're at, man, if you're in the height of the heights, in the midst of success, and you are listening to this podcast right now going, I'm firing on all cylinders, you know, this is awesome. Or whether you're like you, like exhausted, man, it's just been, and many of us leading Um, It has been uh, just the last 500 days have been unbelievable for all of us. We've never had to lead through this. So whether you're feeling weary or whether you're feeling recharged, it still comes down to, I thought, these are the markers. These are the markers that held me. Like when I couldn't trace God during especially that dark time, and I wish I could say it was only a month, but it wasn't. It was like it just kept going. So when I, there were long seasons of not tracing him, I could trust him because I could trust the markers of the foundation of his word, uh, the foundation of a very close, a close community of friends that were grounded and rooted in the word and Christian community, the truth of the word of God. Thank God, the truth that I had stored up in silence in the 30 years before, which is the word of God. That's right. That's, yes. Let's demystify that. The word of God that was in me. Uh, this is one thing I can testify, and nobody can take this from me, whether they think I'm cray-cray for believing the word of God, it sustained me. It was mm. like, you know, when you've got an anchor, the Bible says Jesus is this hope we have as an anchor for our soul. Many of us have lost hope in this season because the anchor is firm. Jesus is this anchor, but we have become disconnected from the anchor. So, you know, you got right. On a boat, it's links. It's got links on the chain that keep you connected. That's what I, I say my markers are. And if one of those links, like so, if you get really destabilized about the authority of the word of God and the strength of the word of God to change your life, well, that link is going to disconnect you from that anchor. So of course you're going to lose hope, you know, or yep. or the value of a church community. Um, right. And you know, and, and nothing is sugarcoated in this book. There is nothing mm-hmm. it's the reality of you know what has been happening no one's ignorant no one's living in Kansas we're not you know right. uh, the Wizard of Oz here this is like here is the reality of the pain and the suffering and the loss and the grief and the abuse and the misogyny and the sexism and the racism and it's all here and having said all of that and acknowledged that and seen that here is still what I think are the yes. most because they sustained me. But you're good at, yeah. Of it. And, um, you know, and it will sustain us because I'm very definitely, that, that is the truth, you know, um, the other side of that, that. That's no guarantee that I'm not 
are going to go into a different cycle. But the thing is, I know that my anchor is more secure now than ever before. I know that the links in my chain are more secure now. And there is just, there's no easy path for any of us. Mm -mm. And yet there can still be joy and peace. And and sometimes you've just got to keep doing the right thing, even when you're disillusioned. (laughs) I think think this needs to be emphasized. I'm going to interrupt you here because that's what you told me. I mean, like I go back to what did you tell me in that season when you were struggling too? And I was struggling too. I think we, I think the whole wide world was struggling. It still is to some degree. But you said, you know, just do, do the right thing. Like keep doing the right things and don't look side to side. Like don't get discouraged. Just do kind of the next right thing. And I want to talk about that because the world doesn't celebrate that. I wouldn't say even as believers, we're good at celebrating that in each other. It's not flashy. And a lot of your life isn't flashy. I mean, Chris, you do lead, you know, these huge, if if you read your resume, it's, it hurts your brain. It's so powerful and what God has done with you. But a lot of your day to day is just choosing to love, to forgive, to be faithful, to put your nose in the book. Like, talk about that. Just the things nobody sees about your life that have just kept you. That's 90% of my life. I was thinking that this morning as, you know, here we are Monday morning recording this and I'm like going through going... There are so many things in my day-to-day life that I don't particularly care to do. It's not like, wow, this is going to get me out of bed today and this is going to be like really. And yet over 30, over three decades of following Jesus, um, those are the things that have kept me on track by the grace of God. Certainly not perfect. I have failed. I have made mistakes. I've acknowledge them I've apologized for them and I'll make many more I'm sure as I move forward in the future you know there's so it's a a faithful life is not a perfect life it's just a faithful life so I can say that by the grace of God with the help of the Holy Spirit I live faithfully definitely not perfectly but faithfully but that and that faithfulness is all the small things it's all of the things where you go here we go again. I've got two daughters. Mm-hmm. One's, you know, um, 19, about to go to college. And I had to laugh when I uh, posted that. And all you wrote on my Instagram was, I can't help you. I wanted I wanted help about our kids going. I sent a throw up face, a little green throw up face, because it's hard to let those babies yeah, go. I was like, wow, thanks for your help. Okay. So there was yeah. like no advice from you, just a little emoji with a throw up face. Yeah. And, yeah. And so- <laughs> just painful. It's like it's like sending somebody into a battle. It's like good luck. <laughs> yeah, I was like awesome, thanks. So you'll miss her every day. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, but you know, so I've got a very real nineteen-year-old, a very real fifteen-year-old. So there's there's that aspect. Of Twenty-five years married. Um, there's the and you know I, I work with my husband and uh, he oversees so much of what we do and that all sounds really romantic and it and it has the reality of how that's outworked. And then there is just, I think. God has actually made this happen for me that because because of so much brokenness in my past that I have, I think, much more than people realise, an utter dependence on God. I think Mm. sometimes people may view the gifts God's given me or the talents God have given me and somehow think that makes me exempt from having a dependence on Jesus. But so for me, being in the word, allowing the Lord every day, I'm praying, you know, Lord, search me, try me, see if there's any evil way in me, like like creating me a clean heart, oh God, having to do the daily disciplines of, you know, before I take communion, do I have aught in my heart against anyone? How do I make this right? I mean, these things, 
the power of the ministry lies in that, not in my speaking gift and not in my um, leadership gift or my mm. organisational gift yeah. or not on my social media profile. That is all. And, you know, uh, you know, some people will listen to this and go, yeah, yeah, you're saying that because you've got followers and you've got a blue check mark and you've got. So I, I can't change anyone's mind, you know, like, but I can tell you um, that if your trust and hope is in all of that, it will <laughs> let you down so big. Um, yes part of where you can probably think that possibly it doesn't matter that much to me is because I got saved and launched into ministry when there was no internet and when there was no social media. So a lot of uh, what people might perceive as my success all happened before all of that. So I know it's not because of that. So that's why to Mm -hmm. me, it has a very different role in my life um, because of what the Holy Spirit has done. But success for me is not measured by that stuff. It's, It's measured like when I was sitting there with Nick And the fact that I could still say after 33 years with nobody around, but Jesus would know and he alone Mm. worthy. The the, the fact that what gave me hope that I was going to get to the other side was that it mattered more to me when nobody knew, but Jesus would know that I had, you know, not given it my all. I knew then I've got a starting point because I do care ultimately what he thinks more than what anybody else thinks. I do care about hearing the well done, good and faithful servant. I do care about Mm -hmm. having some crowns to cast um, before his throne when I get there. I do care about having some eternal rewards to get when I, I mean, I do care about eternity. That's to me. But you can't, you won't care if you don't have the behind the scenes intimacy, rule of life, practices and discipline, which are the only things that will sustain you. And, you know, at my age, I mean, I'm 55. I've been doing this for a long time. It's not like I'm not waking up looking for the next big opportunity to give me, right. you know, what, what right. would actually give me more joy is buying a Taverna in Santorini. And so yes, me too. We'll buy the one next to you if that's ever God's will. Yes. No one realized. I'm like, yes. I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. So faithfulness then becomes... What has the Lord asked me to do? Whether and knowing, and this was the big thing is knowing that if I put my foot on the gas, that means you will be misrepresented, you will be maligned, you will be people will make all kinds of assumptions about why you're doing what you're doing and what your motive is, or you know, whether you're a celebrity, this or so. And it's like, wow. You know, I don't need that in my life. Like, why, why, you know, I'm here I am, like literally. Um just trying to be faithful to what the Lord has given me to do to cross that finish line faithfully and to bear much fruit because it's to our father's great glory that we bear much fruit. So to unapologetically go on on this side of my life, on my earthly life in this temporal body, I want to bear much fruit for the glory of God. And knowing that that would be what I want, then you know that people are going to have all kinds of opinions about what that is and what that means and what your motives might be. Also, the fact that I am um, a historical, traditional, orthodox Christian in a world where some of the views that I hold would be perceived as either bigoted or narrow-minded or outright dangerous or outdated or just plain old stupid, that I would think all of that, you go... The Taverna in Santorini is looking awesome. Give someone a buckle of <laughs> Tell them about the love of God. And yep. you know, then you It'll know. It'll be easier. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I don't, just because 
you may have a blue check mark around your body suddenly around your name somebody thinks that suddenly you need to have an opinion about everything i'm not an expert on everything i don't know everything about everything why would i comment about everything it's like you know i've got a lane and so when you decide that keeping my foot on the gas means i'm going to stay in my lane as the apostle paul said i'm going to run my race i'm going to finish my course um well then there's a whole lot of other people that have opinions about how you should be running your race in your lane running right. your race, and that you should be in everyone oh, else yeah. and you go you know, and you're like wow is that a battle i want to fight like you know because that's what you have to that it's exhausting um it's just uh it it, it, it takes so much emotional energy and um but again, you come back to, but Jesus is worthy. And then, you know, um, thank God, just before the pandemic that I had gone to Qatar. So I got to spend some good time with our brothers and sisters over there. And then I think I can do this. Dwell are doing this really cool memorization campaign where if you join Dwell for three weeks this June, you can rediscover or maybe discover for the first time the joy of memorizing scripture. With how busy and on the go we all are this summer, this could be a really easy, super simple way to take scripture with you wherever you go. You can visit dwellapp.io slash memorize for all the details, including the verse for the day and some creative ways to use Dwell to help you keep these passages in your ears and on your heart. Guys, you've heard us talk about the Dwell app before, but I am back to tell you about a new cool feature that they have called their read-along experience. If you've ever seen Apple Music's like lyrics feature where the lyrics scroll as you're listening, then that's exactly what you can expect from read-along with Dwell. Gorgeous backgrounds, big bold text that scrolls as the narrator reads to you. I'm telling you, you've got to try it. I use Dwell all the time if I'm trying to work through my Bible reading plan for the year or my church right now is going through Colossians. So sometimes after I hear the sermon on Sunday, I'll go home, spend some time listening to Colossians on Dwell. And it is one of my favorite ways to like let that truth sink into my heart. They've truly made an audio Bible app. Unlike anything else, there are listening plans, sleep timers, playlists, all kinds of things, even the dwell mode where you can play a verse or a passage over and over. You can change the speed to help you memorize it. With dwell app, you really can make it your own. So we can't wait for you guys to try it out. If you want to get started today, go to dwellapp.io slash made for this to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off dwell for life. So 33% off means you save $50. So make sure you visit dwellapp.io slash made for this and commit to scripture for the rest of 2021 or for life. The enemy's going to come for us in different ways, right? He's going to, he'll, he knows, or he at least tries to know our soft spot of what would take us out. You actually, I think in a, in a foreign country where it was illegal, you would actually, um, that would actually inspire you, right? It came from places that that you didn't um, foresee as being difficult by the world's mind, but but they struck at something in you. And and I think that's how he is with all of us. He's going to discourage us, defeat us. He'll find a way to knock the wind out of us where where we do pull back. And I think that's that's what you're saying. And it was such a cry. This book is such a cry of, hey, you know, I, it's what you do for me, Chris. It's what I get excited whenever you release a project because it's, it's. I've experienced this personally in your life where you go, no, 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 don't slow down, don't get discouraged, let's go. Like, don't, don't, don't just go out to sea. It's, it's not even about major rebellion, but, but when you look at, and you can even use me as an example, but when you look at 
an individual that's starting to drift or you feel like is getting discouraged or what's at stake? Why does this matter to you? Why do all the work to build this project and to put it in people's hands? Totally, because what's at stake is all of the other people on the other side of our obedience. That's what the enemy's after. And you're, you're dead right. You know, the Bible says, do not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. And, um, you know, we have a real problem theologically when people don't believe there's a devil. I'm like, you're the only one that's happy about that is the devil. Because like, you know, you, because then you no longer, you fight all the wrong battles because then you're you're fighting in the natural temporal realm rather than understanding we are in a spiritual battle there are eternity is at stake people's lives are at stake Uh, people's freedom is at stake people's salvation is at stake now the fact is even me saying those words in certain areas is like what are you talking about you know like and, and it's like wow that's interesting I still believe there is a heaven and there is a hell I still believe that Jesus Christ came um died on a cross was buried rose again and is coming again and that he will judge the living and the dead I still I, I believe all this stuff so if I really believe it well, then there is going to be a passion about that because I actually care about people. Um, I care I care very much about freedom here on earth. Of course I do. I run a global anti-trafficking organization. I have given my life to fighting for the freedom of humanity and abolishing slavery everywhere forever. I care unequivocally, unapologetically. I also equally as passionately and unequivocally care about spiritual freedom and people being saved um, and people coming into a saving faith uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is very real to me and it drives me. So if the enemy can take me out, so what's, it's so important to know your Achilles heels. And I, I talk about this because of course, mine, because I was abandoned at a hospital when I was born and and then, you know, very uh, marginalised because of my ethnicity, my gender, and, and just so broken with all of the abuse, my Achilles heel, which, which just shocks so many people, is uh, like rejection, abandonment. So when I perceive a personal betrayal, that can set me off way more than being in Syria, try, you know, running, um, trying to like, you know, I'm, I'm going to contend for the faith or do whatever. Because, you know, the scripture David wrote in the Psalms that it would have been easy if it was my enemy against me. But man, mm. when it was my friend that would come with me to the house of God, I mean, that just flattened me. Like, and, and in that season, I had quite a few relationships that I love so dearly. And it's like, oh, my word, like what, what is going on? That just so, and then when I perceive a, a, a rejection or an abandonment in that, well, if I'm not careful, I could start to believe the lies of the enemy. Now, let me just say the enemy is gainfully employed doing what he does best. He's the accuser of the brethren. So he gets into our head if we let him. And we, this is why the markers are so important. And um, he begins to just make the accusation either you know, what are you doing? You shouldn't do this or, or, or you're the loser or there's something wrong with you. Or if you m- make a mistake, you know, there's no coming back or this is the end or this is terminal and you can just spiral. So I'm not talking about a drifting of like, you know, <laughs> you're going to go out, sex, drugs and rock and roll, you know, like we're all going to be really bad. That's not the thing I'm talking about. Uh, the thing I'm mostly talking about is a drifting from our purpose and our fruitfulness Um, and our obedience, because it's not just about us. And the challenge is when you've had a degree of what you might perceive to be success, the devil can get in your head and go, well, you can just take your foot off the gas now and you can Hmm. just cruise. And God's like, uh, obedience is the goal, not 
Mm. of success so were you in it for me or were you in it for this place that you've now reached where you could actually take your foot off the gas and not everybody would know and that's okay but you know Chris and I know (laughs) and so is it about obedience to the call is it about the other and I pray by the grace of God that it would be millions of people will be impacted on the other side of me going I'm not slowing down I'm going to put my foot back on the gas and I'm not taking it off and I'm going to go because there are so many more people that need to be saved, so many more people that need to be delivered, so many more people that need to be healed, so many more people that need to know about the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God. And so do I feel pumped about that every day? No. Is the reality that there are many days I'd love to be in Santorini in my taverna. I keep saying that because that really is my like that. That's what you'll find me. Good one. Um, I'm like, uh, yes, but have I stopped asking myself what I feel or what I want? Largely, yes. I don't, I, the other day I was going on a trip and someone's like, you know, how do you feel um, getting on, packing your bags, da-da-da, getting on because it's my whole life? And I, I said, I said, oh, I've stopped asking myself how I feel about packing and getting on planes and sleeping in hotels a really long time ago. I've just stopped asking myself because what, why would I ask myself? Like, you know, because that, that, and I think what we have in our generation, because we are so about making sure we either feel good or we feel happy or we're doing work that we love. Um, you know, the point is that I was, that, that's what te- uh, prompted my thought this morning is so much of what I do. I, I can't say I love the task that I'm doing or I love the work that it takes. I love the result that it has. Absolutely I love the result that it has. But the the actual waking up every day and loving every minute of every day and every task that I do every minute of every day, I would be a liar to say in 30 years that that is an absolute lie because there is no way that is the case. Um, The Mm. fruit of obedience is what I love. The cost of obedience... And the cost of obedience, which is what I still, that's ultimately what I have to keep choosing to do, is denying myself, taking up my cross and following. Mm. Where on earth has that ever changed? It's the ultimate discipleship scripture in the entire Bible. It is actually the scripture about discipleship. If any person wants to follow me, you must, ongoing, and it's written, you know, I'm not the big Greek theologian, but it's written in the tense that is ongoing, daily, take up your cross deny yourself and follow me. So Christine, it doesn't matter what the external world thinks. Christine, are you willing to take up your cross today to deny yourself and to follow me? So denying myself uh, at times means um, denying myself some stuff that I would really love to do, that I really could uh, do, that I'm really gifted at doing. But no, for the sake of obedience to the cause and what is going to further the kingdom of God, I've got to deny myself because ultimately I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. I'm a bond servant, the scripture says, um, of Jesus Christ. So that's so at the end of the day, I'm his bond servant. You know, it's not about me living my best life or my happiest life or me enjoying every single second of every day. Um, it is about me being obedient to Jesus, which in that am I finding Abundant life, yes, but abundant life isn't always living my best life now. Abundant life isn't always um, having my happiest moment every moment of every day right now, but it is going to produce fruit that will remain for the glory of God, and that ultimately is the stuff that really matters. Because if mm-hmm. I was, if if I wasn't in it for that, 
then what have I been doing for three decades? Like mm. what have I been doing? <laughs> like it's so right. So the thing is, it's still wake up today. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to serve you. And today I'm going to have to deny myself. I'm going to have to take up my cross and I'm going to have to follow Jesus. And that's how I'm going to get to the finish line. And that's how I'm going to hear well done, good and faithful servant. And that's how I'm going to get some eternal rewards. And that's how I'm going to have some crowns to cast before his feet. Mm. And everybody listening says, amen. And that sounds hard. <laughs> and I love it because that's that's right. There is this sense of courage that wells up in me when you talk. And I I needed this today to do the hard things. I think there are, there's right now there is something that could take us out that we don't see. And, and you put words to it. I agree. It is not the obvious thing. And I'm talking specifically to women right now. I know there are men listening, but specifically to women. I was with a bunch of leaders and we were talking about what would take us out as a lot of the men are falling and we're watching that happen. Not a lot, but a handful. I should be clarify because there's a lot of good faithful men in in ministry right now that are that are being <laughs> amazing lights for the kingdom but there have been a handful and so we were just saying what would it be for us and you're nailing it chris cuz these are the ways the enemy gets to me it's discouragement it is fatigue and it's just craving comfort of just wanting it to be easier because there was a moment where I remember I felt like the devil was playing that game with me on the playground where you play in first grade where they turn your hands so hard and and the way you get them to stop is to say mercy. I There was a moment where I wanted to say mercy. In fact, I think I did say it actually where I, I knew he'd leave me alone if I would just quit. Like if I would just cruise and do what you're saying and take my foot off the gas I might get an easier life, right? And it sounded so good to me that I wanted to quit. And so I know there are some people listening right now that are at that point where it's just mercy. Like I just, I want an easier life. I want a more comfortable existence. Will you pray for them as we go and just encourage them even in your prayer that that it's worth it? It is worth it. And, you know, I want to just take you straight back to the scripture. And that's why the book of Hebrews was written. Um, And all in chapter one, the writer to the Hebrews was talking about the supremacy of Christ, the greatness of Christ, the uh, greater than Moses, greater than any of the prophets, greater than the angels. And then he says, therefore, comes straight out of that, of the great supremacy of Christ. And uh, I could cry because it's like, therefore, then, because of that fact, let us also pay so much extra attention, lest we too drift from so great a salvation. And that's the drift. The drift is so subtle. Um, and your life is so worth it. And the call of God on your life is so worth it. And the fruit, the fruit bearing that is still ahead of you is so worth it. So I'm going to pray for all of us that we are going to not only run our race, but we're going to finish our course. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for everyone listening to this podcast, wherever they are right now. And Father, specifically for all of those that are just in a a profound season where the heat is just turned up, Lord, they they almost feel like like they're in the fire and it's like, I, I can't do this anymore. And there's just too much betrayal or too much disappointment or too much confusion or too much discouragement or, or too much abandonment or rejection or the cost is just too high. Let them in this moment see you, Jesus, in all of your glory, see you and your greatness and your supremacy and the fact that you are so worthy of our all, of our all. And Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, I pray just for a 
fresh empowerment in, in everyone's life, Lord, that you've not told us to do this alone. You've given us the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead to, to run this race and to finish this course. So, Father, let there be a, a fresh explosion. Let, let, let there be a passion in everyone to stir up that gift that is on the inside of them. And, Father, to be strong and courageous like you spoke to Joshua. And, Father, that no one, no one would lose their confidence for it has such a great reward. So I speak confidence. I speak strength, Father, into every person missing this. And, Father, I just speak over everyone, just the, the very words that we would be able to echo Paul's words and say this one thing I do, forgetting those things that lie behind, I press on. So let there be just this real sense of determination and strength and courage to press on, to run our race, to finish our course, fixing our eyes on Jesus, on nothing else, on nobody else, but to fix our eyes on Jesus for you are the author and you are the finisher of our faith. Lord, we long to cross that finish line, look into your eyes and hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen, Lord. Amen. Wasn't that conversation with Jenny and Christine amazing? It is always such a treat for Christine to join us on the podcast. And we are pumped because she has a new book coming out that you have to order. It's called, How Did I Get Here? Finding Your Way Back to God When Everything is Pulling You Away. You can find that anywhere books are sold. And we'll make sure to put that link in the show notes as well. Thank you guys again for listening. We can't wait to see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.